Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. David, how are you? Very well. Great to meet you. Yes, and you too. Um, I should have asked you how's your how's your journey going? Are you does the journey go on when you have such knowledge of of consciousness uh, uh, as you do? It's a paradox, really, because uh, we're all in our true infinite nature. Everyone is, and um, there's also the refinement of the relative aspect of experience. So. Um, you know, discovering your true nature is something which is available to everyone because it's already here. But then in a kind of evolutionary sense um, or in terms of, you know, the kind of entertainment or adventure aspect of experience, that's, <clears throat> that goes on with no upper limits. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just reveling in my fascination of the, I've got someone on the show that I can ask so so many things that I've probably been dying dying to ask ask someone. Um, I'm just going to start with a quote that's on your website and on your wonderful YouTube channel, folks. Will I'll put all David's uh, links um, below below this video. But the quote says, "We are already the infinite being and always have been. We can't be anything else." Around the age of two, the subject-object mode of experience is installed to make it seem as though we are a human being existing in time and space. However, the very familiar and intimate sense of existing is the existence of the infinite being, which we have mistaken to be the existence of the individual. It's simply a case of mistaken identity. Now, just before I go any further, we've got a lot of people attracted to the channel because we look at what's going on in the world. And as I said to you a moment ago, David, the reason I look at current affairs for someone, I don't even watch the news. I have, I have no interest in that. But I watch what's going on because I know it scares a lot of people and it frightens people and moreover, it divides people. And then I tried to explain what is really going on behind the headline with respect to the the spiritual aspect, the spiritual battle. And friends at home, everyone's out there. There's so many people part of the quote unquote great awakening that they they want answers and they want change and, and they want to bring down the system and the reason I've invited David on the show is there's not a lot of people that understand how how you bring that about or whether you even need to bring it about. Um, so, yes. So, without further ado, David, do you want to um, explain the, in the infinite being? Yeah, certainly. Well, when we uh, begin life, we begin as an open space within which all experiences arise. So, um, a model I use is an Indian version, which is called the koshas, which is that we have um, five bodies available to us. 
So we all remain as the infinite being, but then we have these five filters. Um, the first one is infinite bliss. The second one is called the body of wisdom. The third one is the mental body. The fourth one is the emotional body. And the fifth one is the physical body and the physical realm. So as we, um, we, we actually venture from subtle to gross because initially we all experience infinite bliss. And then we move into the possibility of form um, within, um, it's called the body of wisdom, which is effortless being. So those two koshas remain in alignment with the infinite being or God, whereas the three um, more gross ones, so the mental, emotional and physical realm, they're part of a self-contained energetic construct, um, which people call the matrix. So we can make the distinction between our true infinite nature and um, the dualistic realm. And as we understand the way these structures work, we can actually realize that we never left our infinite nature, which then has a dramatic influence on our experience of the dualistic realm. Because our, our infinite nature is present throughout. It's just that we've consented to these filters of limitation, which make it appear as though we're existing um, as a separate being in time and space. Wow. It, it's, it's truly rewarding to hear it coming from someone else, because this is the kind of stuff that I've, I've kind of worked this out, David, over the years. And it's, I'm almost pleased that I didn't read a whole load of books or anything to get here. I just kind of reflected and, and, and kept reflecting on the, on what is the nature of reality? What is the nature of consciousness? Um, and I should mention that, yes, I have read some great books and also listened to some great, um, YouTube channels. So what I say, what I'm saying a lot to my friends out there, my audience is, um, that this, this, uh, suit that we are, this, um, the meat suit as it's referred to is, is the universe experience in itself subjectively and that we are all part of the quantum energy field that through energy vibration and frequency creates you to sit there now and me to sit here and life to be able to experience in itself subjectively. Which is yep. really fascinating when you think if life could just say, oh, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Should we stop all the war? Yeah, because you're me and, and I'm you and we're just quantum energy really, aren't we? Yeah, brilliant. Right. Let's go down a pub and have a Coca-Cola. Um, so am I a little bit in the right ballpark? Yeah, definitely. I, for most people, really, it's just um, it's just having a bit of guidance because – the, all the pieces of the jigsaw are on the table for everyone, but sometimes you just need a little bit of guidance to make the distinction between certain aspects because our infinite nature is effortless. So actually everyone, everyone is remaining as this infinite being within which all universes, time streams, dimensions appear. And we're fully aware of, um, this, this field of beingness and awareness already. It's just that when we take delivery of the human body-mind at birth, 
we're not told that it's actually wired to two systems. So it's wired to um, God or the infinite being. So when you talk about the guidance you've received, you know, the sort of intuition you've followed, really, rather than getting into concepts, you know, which you get from books, you followed your own intuition, which is coming directly from your infinite nature. And then the, the dualistic realm, which is a self-contained construct, so that's the mental, emotional, and physical, is an energy game, effectively. And it's um, it, it goes by different rules. But we're not told when we take delivery of the body-mind that the the body mind is actually linked to that system, and so we have we have the content coming from our infinite nature, and then we also have content being delivered from um, the dualistic realm. And the the invitations we receive from the dualistic realm are designed to compromise our energy, so they're designed to put us into mental and emotional compromise. But as we make the distinction between the two delivery systems then um, we can begin to consciously function from our infinite nature, which then has an effect of transforming the dualistic realm. Because as you mentioned, um, it's the dualistic realm which is problematic. Um, whereas um, as we begin to realize that life is unity and every, that it's just one single being in reality, then um, that transforms the dualistic realm. Yes. Um, I'm just was getting a picture up. Where's my slides? Do, do, do. Oh, there we go. Um, right. Sorry, David. I just wanted to okay. get up a slide. So this is the all, the everything. So um, am I correct in thinking that it, 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 there is just the all? So when people think about God, for example, they think we've got the stereotypical image of the the wispy white head guy sat on a cloud, you know, out there in the universe or whatever. And but in reality, there isn't separateness. There is only the whole one system. Which I guess for humans, that's hard to get our head around because we always like to think in terms of Newtonian physics, where there's an end. Like this, the the rainbow starts here and it ends there, and then the the horizon's there. But if you go over the, it's it's difficult for us to comprehend something that's infinite but all all encompassing yeah well um really the idea of the infinite being or god is it's like a field of infinite possibilities in reality so <clears throat> that's our true nature and that's the starting point but we venture into you know various um, forms of limitation and the um the, the dualistic realm, I see in a different way. It's like, um, you know, people talk about the film The Matrix, and it's very similar in that, you know, to that kind of construct, which is it's an energetic construct and it's independent. So even though even though the dualistic realm is still within the realm of the infinite being, it's the operating system is different. So um, it's like a computer game. You know, if you have a computer game where the... Um, the, the rules operating in there. Say the game is you have to get through the game without losing your energy, but the, the the objective of the game is to take all of your energy. That's really what the matrix is, and that's really what the human experience is. But but um, as we discover the way it functions, um, we can reclaim the energy because all the problematic stuff is to do with personalization. So in this moment, so in this moment. 
um, there is just effortless awareness. So um, it seems as though we've been conditioned to believe that it's Chris who is aware, but actually it's the infinite being. The infinite being is aware. So, so, so there is awareness of the forms arising effortlessly in this moment. So there's effortless awareness of the conversation, of the images on the screen, um, of the objects in the room. All of that's known effortlessly. So actually you're remaining as this infinite impersonal field of awareness. It's like an infinite ocean of awareness within which everything appears. But because we've been conditioned into individuality, we have the option to step into the personalized mode. So when there is just effortless awareness, it's the forms appearing. But then when we engage the mind, then we speak as though we're the individual. So, so it's effortless being, which is in this timeless moment, which is aware of everything that's happening. But then we step into the character. So the infinite being is listening to the conversation and listening to the two voices and aware of everything effortlessly. But then you can engage individuality by engaging the mind. So when the dualistic mind is in, is engaged, then you can start um, speaking as though you really are this character called Chris when you never became that. It's just, the infinite being is like the actor and then the character is um, is being played. So you could say the character Chris <clears throat> is existing in this dualistic play. And on, on one level, it's... Um, you know, it's a really dramatic experience at the moment in human life, but in another, it's the most amazing form of entertainment. And once you re-establish the knowledge of your infinite nature, then you can experience it in that way. And the energy which previously was fueling the dualistic realm, you can reclaim to be in alignment with your infinite nature, which is when it, that's when the fun really starts. Could you give us an example of that fun then, David, for... For people watching now that might be a bit, what are these two guys kind of talking about? How 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 does that relate to me and my life? Yeah. Um, so how, yeah, how would the fun begin? Well, the, everything in the dualistic realm. So <clears throat> so when we when we start in the human experience, everyone is already the infinite um, the infinite awareness, which is just aware of everything happening. But it's it's neutral. And it's impersonal, but our parents start calling us by name. So you, up until the age of two, you were just resting as the infinite, effortless, timeless being. But your mum and dad's and, you know, family members and, you know, people around you started calling you by the name of Chris as, Oh, this is our little boy, Chris. You know, he's got blue eyes. You know, he's really good at running, you know, and he's, you know, all the things, all of the personal attributes. So they're kind of inviting you in to identify with the character. And eventually, even though you know you are the infinite field of awareness within which everything is arising, you you concede eventually and you say, well, they seem to be having a bit of fun. I'll have a bit of fun with them and pretend that I really am this person called Chris um, locked in time and space when actually you never were. But the the way the dualistic realm is structured, so the education system, the media, um, everything in the dualistic realm is designed to put us into personalization. So it's the idea you really are this person in time and space. And it's, it creates mind predominance where it's all to do with, um, it's to do with things like planning, effort, hard work, achieving things in time, competing with everybody, 
um, you know, building your ego, all of those things, when actually, when you discover that you remain in your infinite nature, then the the quality which is coming through um, from the infinite being enables you to align with intuition. And it's really, you're a great example of this, Chris, because I think all the conditioning you had, you know, military um, experiences and things were very much to put you into the dualistic realm in a really deep way. But you've actually aligned with your intuitive capability and you've you've actually switched attention from the dualistic realm into the intuitive realm. So you're a, a, a really great example of, of what happens. And it as you as you switch attention, what happens is the um all of the effort which is involved in the dualistic realm, like competing and fighting and battling and everything, you realize all of that is futile in a way, because when you realign with your infinite nature, you have this intuition coming through and the fun starts when you realize that everything of value will come to you effortlessly when you align with your infinite nature rather than, you know, um, building and kind of strengthening the, um, the sense of individuality. So it's, it's the opposite to the way this world functions. Um, but that's when it becomes magical because you see that uh, this intelligence will guide you and, and the synchronicity of events um, comes into your life and, and you begin to life uh, to live life in a really amazing way. And th the great thing about it is that um, it's something that can happen really quickly. Like people I have conversations with, um, they can make that transition to totally realizing their infinite nature um, within, you know, just sometimes a few hours you know, but um, the because the world we live in is designed to keep us in the um, the dualistic loop, so we're kind of being recycled through the physical, etheric, and astral realms back to the physical again. You know, in the reincarnation cycle. But when you um, realize your true nature, you become free of that. But everything in the dualistic realm is trying to convince us that we really are this human being in time and space and we're a separate uh, separate being so everything really um even with most of the religions they're actually reinforcing a sense of a sort of problematic experience it's the idea that we're sinful there's something wrong with us um you know we have to have thousands of lifetimes to realize that true nature you know it's all based on things like arduous meditation and um you know, austerity, spiritual practices, all of these things, when really all of that is part of the scenery of the dualistic realm, because everyone already is the true, infinite, timeless, omnipotent being. And we never actually entered the matrix. It's only that we've consented. It's like a ride. And there are the different rides. And there are like the emotional rides, you know, so there are the lower frequency emotional rides that we're invited into, like fear or depression or anger, um, you know, jealousy, all of those things, which are energetically depleting. But as we align with our infinite nature, you realize that those experiences are optional. You can actually um, remain in your infinite nature and you can decline those because you see those, they're like invitations which are being delivered to try to get us to identify with them. Um, and that's what takes us down energetically.
but we can we can remain free of that system and it's available to everyone and it just requires a little bit of clarity um, and once that clarity is here it just transforms your whole experience and it's really it's really what's happening in the world at the moment everything in the world is invite us inviting us into duality so it's it's putting traumatic experiences and images before us to try to put us into mental and emotional compromise, you know, fear and anger and all those things. But actually, the more people declining those invitations, remaining in neutrality, remaining in their infinite nature, then the, the dualistic aspect just begins to neutralize. And then, and then we, we discover that what we thought was this, you know, really difficult um, situation is something which um, is actually like a big theme park in reality. Absolutely. And and without using any of the, the key words, but the last three years, a, a great example of how some of us live with no fear whatsoever, because we're perfect, we're the perfect creation. Certainly don't need to go to some trillionaire corporate psychopaths to, to fix you and your fam family with their little uh, interventions. Um, and also, of course, when you went out and about in the public, you, you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to wear a certain a, a, a accoutrement. It, it, it's brilliant. I feel for people who were terrified. Um, I, I feel, but I think now more people are on this journey, David. I don't think they're going to, they're, they're starting to understand that the, these, these dark groups in society set out to keep you in fear because they can manipulate you then. And it was it JFK said, there's nothing to fear except fear it, except fear itself. So, if I create a scenario, and perhaps we both can chip in then, because, again, I'm conscious of people at home. I want people to get this. And people will try and tear it down. People will say, you know, spirituality, well, that's religion then, is it? And, and yeah, I get it. I would have probably thought that a, yeah. a, a while back. I call it the warrior's journey because, as you said, I'm a – I'm an example of someone that's come from an extreme program of indoctrination, i.e. the military, to being completely free of indoctrination, well, to, to a degree. Um, and that is because something was instilled in this, this device. I don't like to keep calling it a meat suit. It sounds so crude, but that I never wanted to set, settle for second best, David. So I guess this all, the everything, the universe, the energy, it 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 was channeling to me yes. or through me saying, Chris, you don't have to, you know, I've presented you these challenges in life to get over and become a stronger, better individual. And I just kept going on that pathway. So when everyone was going off to school in their school uniforms in with happy mummy and daddy in their cars uh, as teenagers, and I'm homeless in my school uniform smoking a cigarette at 15, I was just like, bring it on. I want this life. I don't want that life. I don't want the easy journey because where is the learning in that? 
Where is the learning if you get everything on a plane? And of course, I took that to quite some extreme lengths. I think everyone, that's, that's no, no secret. Um, but just by hanging in there, I just went through everything. The diet. What are we supposed to eat? Because I didn't want to get sick, David. I've been sick. I did the get, you know, get the two colds a year, one in the summer, one in the winter. This weird kind of flu in, in you know, once every sort of two years or whatever. Like I did all of that. And I now know, realize that's optional. You don't have to live like that. That's societal programming into a toxic acid producing diet um, that your parents are blissfully unaware. You know, they're they're still was it sticking a dead trout under the pillow to prevent herpes or so. <laughs> <laughs> all the weird stuff that they did and they believe because they they didn't have the internet and um and so yes i just want to make people aware out there i'm not any kind of special person but i just listened i realized there was something great in life and i wasn't going to access it if i followed everybody else because they were going down a blind alley and i was like Life is worth more. I, I'm hesitating from saying I'm worth more because, of course, I don't exist. And we've established that. But what I mean is life was saying, I'm worth so much more than this. You don't have to follow someone into a into a job that's unfulfilling. You don't have to eat yourself into an early grave. You, If you want to run the length of the country, just go and do it. Don't let anybody, and, and believe me, when you do something like that, you, you're going to get a lot of people tell you, you, you can't, you can't do it. And, and it's through that process, David, that, that I, I entered paradise. I mean, I just, I well, just. Well, that's a great example, Chris, actually, the running, because what running can do is it, it actually turns the mind off. So, um, if we're, you know, we can, we can, um, you know, the mind and the body are totally interrelated, but um, we're programmed into um, mind predominance. So so there's a delivery of all sorts of, you know, thoughts coming in, which aren't particularly pleasant. It's like a, it's like having a soap opera delivered into your mind every moment of the day and not knowing how to turn it off. But running can do that. Running can turn it off because the activity, the physical activity neutralizes the mind. So you can become really present when you're, when you're running. You know, th there are lots of other examples of how you can do it, like with um, all creativity or dancing. You know, people talk about the zone and um, our true nature is, is effortless being. So if you see someone who's like a great runner, um, a great athlete, um, a great footballer, musician, artist, writer, it's because they've um, developed the ability to function from their infinite impersonal nature in that area of activity. So it isn't anything that is new or far off. It's that all creativity is actually coming from our infinite impersonal nature already. It's just that there's the secondary device, which is called the mind, which is taking delivery of all the content we don't wish to experience. So all the invitations into limitation and um you know, mental and emotional turmoil. 
But we could do a couple of things. We could do a little exercise, which I think could be quite helpful if you'd be willing to do it, Chris. Absolutely. Just so people can see what effortless being is. So, so what I'd like you to do is just let me know if there are any thoughts arising at the moment. Are there any thoughts arising in the mind? I'm trying to be like water. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've got a picture. I just showed the audience at home a picture of when I ran the length of the country. So that's kind of, I'm, I'm just thinking of that. But no, nothing. Okay, that's really good. Well, actually, that's a good sign. And that's probably because all the running you've done, running it can be like a meditation because, you know, we can sit down and we can meditate and still the mind, but we can do other things. Like some people, you know, they go running for other people. They, you know, have other means of relaxation. But every bit, everybody really wants to know how to turn the mind off. But it's much easier than people realize. And so... So, um, are there any emotions arising in this moment, Chris? Um, um, happiness, you can say, when I talk, talk about running, yeah. also tinged with a bit of sadness because you just mentioned it, you, you nailed it. Running is meditation. Yeah. And yet we've been indoctrinated through the PE experience at school and, or, or running for the bus to think that it's a punishment. And yeah. that's because we've got the competitive angle put on it. And, and sorry, I don't want to divert from what you're saying, but I'm thinking of the people out there that w will be jumping now and going, well, I hate running. It's like, no, you don't, un you, you haven't done running. You don't understand. You don't understand. You think it's that thing at school. It's not. And you're running too fast, but sorry. I no, that's, that's great. Mm. But really for, you know, running is only one example because, um, if you, for, the thing for everyone to discover is what, it, you know, is the most important thing in their experience, because that's really the thing we came here to do. And as you, as you kind of wake up to your true nature, rather than, um, going along with the, um, the program version, you actually discover what your life purpose is. And it tends to be, it, everyone really, Everything they need for their life purpose already exists within them. It's just that the system is designed to utilize them really, um, in a way they be, where they become robotic. But actually, everyone has the uniqueness of their own experience. So you have someone, you know, if you look at a great footballer, for instance, um, you can see that they're, that they're playing in a way where the, their skill is beyond the speed of the mind. And that's because it's coming from their infinite nature. And that's why people love watching football, because you see the there's a sort of magical quality when it's really flowing. But what happens with with sport, for instance? Well, if you take if you take football, even even, um, you know, the most accomplished players and the most, you know, recognized in the world, they can they can still be subject to being catapulted back into the mental realm because um, the flow takes place in um, effortless being. But if we, if, if say the other side scores or say there's, you know, some thought comes into mind about, you know, you're not being very good, suddenly the, the confidence of the whole team can collapse. And, um, and so that's when, that's when the, that's when, that's an example of how we can move from effortless being, which is when we're totally in the flow or in the zone, as they call it. 
um, and then we're ca catapulted into the dualistic the mind. And the, you know, the mind starts delivering these thoughts like, "Oh, well, you're never good. Are you never any good? You've always been useless." You know, and that happens for even the most accomplished people. But it's learning that distinction. So, if we take, um, you know, if we take in this moment, there are, you know, there are different things arising. So there's awareness of um, the screens. There's awareness of everything. And until we, and until we engage the the mind, and we're using words like I and me and mine, we're we're not engaging the character. It's like the the character. It's like putting a car into gear. So. In this moment, I mean, I sense this just looking into your eyes. I can just sense there's this open space of awareness. It's just aware of everything arising. And there's this quiet joy that's arising as well, because there's no judgment. There's no um, commentary going on. It's just the simple open space of awareness. And then there's the option to step into character. So when Chris... Um, so, so the the awareness of the forms arising is is effortless, but then it takes effort to step into individuality. So, if we need to engage the mind, so when you start to speak now, there'll be there'll be some conceptualization, some thoughts arising, and and you know it'll be in reference to experiences and things. But actually, for everyone, it's a simple on-off switch because if we're not if we don't engage the mind and we're not engaging, oh, me and mine and I and this is what I'm doing and all that sort of stuff, if you just sit in presence in this moment, you're there, you're home as the infinite, impersonal, omnipotent being. And everything really it arises in the infinite awareness you've always been. And it's, it's really a simple choice. You can, you can rest as effort is being. You can see it in, in children, you know, like young children, you look in their eyes. And the mind and the emotions haven't been installed. And they're just in, you know, complete awe. You know, there's just this um, real joy that's there. But it isn't a joy that's based on anything. It's just their natural state. Yes. One thing that's really kind of come to me recently is the importance of being in service. And I didn't really get this before. I, You know, everyone aspires to be, well, not everybody, but generally helping other people is kind of a, looked at as a good thing isn't it being in service to your fellow man but when you take on board that well we're all one we're all the one energy so what do you want to do do you want to put out bad energy or do you want to put out good and therefore it really places a focus on our behavior yeah. because i've been very badly behaved at times and now I'm thinking, hang on, I am literally creating the future. Um, yeah. And it, there, therefore, it's like having that TV crew 24-7 in your life with a camera on you. How would you behave? Would yeah. you, be, you know, be doing these bad behaviors or would you be like, oh, hi, hi, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't try and do that with glasses on. It doesn't work. Um, but. Um, so, so that really has that's that really brought it home. Why people talk about being in service—it's the only place to be. I'm well, even. Yeah. I'm trying to stop swearing because of the. I love a good swear, especially as a serviceman, former serviceman. But I'm also aware of when you swear and you're actually drawing drawing upon dark energy. Um, mm. Just it has a frequency, doesn't it? Yeah. 
But what what you describe it that's a, a really good way to make the distinction between the dualistic realm and our infinite nature because the way we're programmed in the dualistic realm is to be in service to individuality. So it's being in service to the little me. So it's all about, you know, competing, um, trying to gather things around you like relationships, experiences, objects, money, all of those things. Um, but actually that's like a bottomless pit because uh, the dualistic realm, there's no satisfaction there. And the reason that the world, the way it is at the moment is because the beings that run this show, there's been a complete overinvestment in the dualistic realm and in individuality. But it's an insatiable realm. There isn't any satisfaction here. No matter how much money you have, how much whatever it is, it never satisfies. Because the only place you find satisfaction is in your infinite nature, which is which is easily available all along. And um, the service you the service you described, Chris, is is being in service to your infinite nature because um, the being in service to individuality. It's saying, I, I know what will make me happy. You know, it's a, a Ferrari, a big blonde, you know, and a holiday in the Maldives. But when we um, when we realise um, that we can function from our infinite nature, we align with that, and the the intelligence which comes from the infinite being knows exactly what we need so it creates i mean i sense this in the way you function because you've in one way there's been a surrender of individuality in the way you know your show is and and effortless being is 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 actually running the show for you because the people that gravitate towards you they're the ones who sense that genuine um selfless um way of experiencing and that you really you're already your show really is about being in service to the infinite being because it's and actually your purpose for showing up here in the dualistic realm is is that it's like you're a volunteer you're not a native to the dualistic realm you've shown up here to be in service to the infinite being to bring the attributes of unity consciousness into the dualistic realm and reintegrate the dualistic realm back into unity yeah i mean a great example for friends at home is i could have made a killing if if you know i've chatted to lots of vet veterans david as i'm sure you're aware and and it's very easy to do as a former royal marine i just pick up the phone and say oi oppo come on my show and they go all right chris um and I'd probably be well on my way to being a millionaire now had I just kept doing doing that. But I'm in service, so I can't do, you know, I I can discuss people's life stories, of course, and that's that's whether they've been in the forces, whether they've been a pop star, whatever, that that's kind of what having a chat show is. Um but I realize looking back now when we were trying to push military topics just for the sake of getting subscribers. Mm. I mean, because you want to be successful. It's not, it's nothing untoward. You, you don't oh, want to, you don't want to put so much effort into something like, like we've done with this show. I'm, I'm on my own now, but I've had a lot of help over the years. And, but it really became the cases of, I looked out there and there's some quite prominent individuals 
that really should know better and and they're just fear-mongering the public and when i started to gain an appreciation of the utter indoctrination across the board with with hero worshipping the death machine which is war the military and i'm i mean no disrespect to anyone that served or anyone that admires people that serve i'm i'm just simply saying that oh how caught up in that 3d material realm are you to think that being a paid killer is something to aspire to and i know they don't see it like that they see it as these guys are here but it's because I know the real story behind it. I know why we joined up. The majority of us, we were, we were lacking in our life. We were desperate to prove ourselves in the 3D realm, in the ego realm. As such, you know, atrocities are committed. And when you're that young, egotistical, naive teenager with a machine gun in your hands, the, the dark ones, they just see a, they see a pawn in the game a pawn to push around their new world order chess set and i see all this davis so it's not it's not a difficult thing to just tell the truth and be authentic it's it's just it's the way it has to be i won't even say it's easy or it's it's the way it has to be and i'm well aware that um a lot of people won't be on that stage of the journey i mean you've only got to look at well that i mean i mentioned earlier military identity cards um sorry veterans id cards it's cost the government something like 50 million to be able to tell a veteran did you know that you served here's a little card to remind you well and no one will look at it in the reality of what this actually what they'll look at is oh wow the hero gets his hero card to 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 be able to show people he's a hero and that's how it's that's how it's been received i saw posts on linkedin today i showed my veterans card at the airport and all of us veterans we got on the aircraft first why why what 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 why do you feel the need to be placed above your fellow human beings and why do you feel that being part of the military industrial complex which has massacred millions of innocent people over the last 20 years in 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 the middle east why do you feel that's something to be that that's a part of your identity and and of course when you look at the deeper meaning behind these cards what they're doing is they're keeping um veterans who should be getting over the past and leaving it behind and and healing their trauma and moving on move on you're not that person that was in a uniform 40 years ago 30 years ago 20 you're not that person your love light beauty empathy consciousness you're an incredible manifestation of this wonderful universe and yet you're clinging to you know you're clinging to an identity and i was just trying to get my my slide up here um everyone knows the slide that i'm <laughs> the slide that i'm going to show um but um 
it's what it's doing. Friends at home, I'm not here to knock veterans. I'm not saying that, you know, there's going to be a lot of folks that love to have a veteran's ID card. It might bring, it might bring some perks. You might, I'm, I'm not sure. I've got a veteran's rail card. I get half price rail tickets. I can say that's quite welcome. But what essentially we're doing when you're trying to get people to move away from this third dimension that David and I have discussed. And you're trying to get them to rise into this new, um, con or, or, or ideally they should be encouraged to adopt this new consciousness to move on from the trauma. And that, that's childhood trauma that many of us, almost all veterans I spoke to, um, or that I know experience this. And in order to do that, as we've established, you need to move away from this 3D ego construct that we have and realize that we're so much more and we also have to realize the past doesn't exist therefore the trauma we just leave it there and we move on we heal it and move on from it we stop linking ourselves to it so all these things that i've just said that 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 should vet the government should be helping the veterans with they've just literally kicked it into touch by issuing this id card to keep people down here in the matrix um and i'm not here i'm i'm not judging david i'm not trying to be nasty i, I don't mean any of that my point is there's an awful lot more going on than just a little piece of plastic that that's all i'm saying and and universe made me think like this <laughs> encouraged me to think like this so you know i'm I'm sort of not going to ap apologize. Equality is is the solution, really, because everyone is equal. Uh, but but in the um, you know in the dualistic realm, it's about creating these hierarchies of importance where people aspire to you know different um, levels where they can f you know temporarily feel better than someone else. And um, you know, but the solution is in the solution is in equality and neutrality. Because when we discover our true nature, then that's um, that's really the you know the opportunity for everything to come through mm. in the most amazing way. But while while we're in the mind in the conceptual realm, then um, you know it's about the idea of you know achieving things to be better than somebody else. David, what I want to ask you, because I think people will get a lot from this, are you able to um, put into words for us, how did you become enlightened consciousness? What Did you have a life-changing event? Or, 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 I mean, I always think we learn by the universe holding the mirror up to us and we have to look at our behaviors and our challenges and our experiences and, and see them as a, a, a learning curve. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing, unless you had really good parents or something who were quite spiritual, that you've, you've, you've had a lot of experience in, in, in life. I'd imagine some of it challenging. Yeah, well, the, um, the, the point you just made, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, the early years of my childhood, from zero to five were very harmonious. And um, so everyone, everyone um, normally adopts identification with um, their human persona around about the age of two. That's why, you know, people talk about the terrible twos for kids, but it's because prior to that age, they knew that they were the infinite being 
And then suddenly they see themselves and think they're imprisoned in a meat suit and they start throwing all their toys around. <laughs> but um, it actually lasted longer. I, I had memories of, um, <clears throat> you know, knowing myself to be this infinite, um, this field of awareness um, at, at a very early age. And then um, I did meditation for quite a few years. But that that. That was helpful in one way, but it, it, it isn't um, it isn't necessary. Um, but the 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 turning point really is when you become what's called self referral, which is um, we're conditioned in the dualistic realm to be object referral. So it's the idea of like possessions and experiences and thoughts and all those things. But when you become self referral, this is what's happened to Chris actually. Being self-referral is where you follow you follow your own inner knowing, your own intuition, rather than going with the outer, um, you know, sort of consensus reality. And so, when when you begin to do that, you find that you begin you you begin to be guided in a way where infinite intelligence is guiding you, rather than listening to what the mind's telling you or what the dualistic realm tells you. And then it can become really quick. So um, because it isn't spiritual realization, it isn't something in the distant future. It isn't something we need um, to be practicing or anything to get there. Everyone is already it. It's just that we're it before we we engage the mind or speech. You know, in this moment, you're existing as the infinite being. It's only when you start to talk you know, as as though you are Chris, but that's like the character delivering the lines as though you really are this character called Chris. And and um, but what's what's happened for Chris is the 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 alignment with your infinite nature is is something which has um, developed. You you've kind of been um, you followed your intuition uh, and you've been self referral rather than being um, you know following the crowd really. And, and that's the most important thing. And everyone has that capability. Um, so it's, it's getting into that space where you're listening to your own inner voice. And then the more, the, the more you align with that, then you, you, you begin to realize that life's a much bigger game than you ever realized. Absolutely. David, could we, um, just do a scenario before we finish and just go over to, so. Friends at home, we're going to go to locals for our locals audience so that we, um, our locals supporters can ping David some questions, basically stuff that we, we, we haven't got, um, time for here, but here's a scenario. You've, I'll just pick a veteran because that's quite appropriate. You've got a veteran there. He's, he's having an identity crisis. He's, he's missing stuff possibly some aspects of service but then he also knows that a lot of it was quite boring <laughs> with a lot of people you didn't really want to work with and um his life's not going the way it should he's hitting the beer too much which is our sort of our curse really and he's going for a job with an employer that he feels doesn't respect him i've just picked a sort of scenario i think we all can relate to at some point in in our in our in our life um what can we advise this person in actual physical grassroots um terms so i'm guess we're talking 
thought process, spiritual, and then actual physical action? Yeah, well, it's quite simple in a way because it's it, the most important thing is to um, <clears throat> is to function from a, a level of self respect because a lot of the you know a lot of the things that people are conditioned into in the military is a hierarchy, the idea that they're just squaddies, you know, and they just have to listen to what other people tell them. But everyone has the ability to function um, from self-respect. But the way you turn things around is to prioritise a sense of well-being. So um, things like alcohol tend to, they create like a polarised experience because we're, you know, we're high for a little while on the alcohol and then we're low for a longer period of time. And the trade-off without something like alcohol, for instance, is it's about 10 to 20% of pleasure against 80 to 90% of pain. That's the reality of it. It's just that it's been widespread within the, you know, the dualistic realm. But, um, but really the, the secret is to, um, have a sense of self-respect. You know, do whatever needs to be done to maintain the quality of life, um, where you're not under strain, you're not in, you know, psychological, um, torture. Um, and then just begin to build a stable platform in your experience and spend time with people, um, that make you feel directly better. You know, so it's, um, it's a, we're playing what is effectively a, a frequency game. And um, in the dualistic realm, we're all invited into the lower frequencies like pain and suffering and those things. But actually, we can consciously align with the higher frequencies and begin to transform our experience and realize that the potential we have is way beyond anything we ever realized. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm just typing up our, our locals introduction because um, I'm, I'm a multitasker. I'm I'm, well. <laughs> I'm really great at mo. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm a typical bloke. I'm terrible at it. Yes, exactly. So I was just showing my Christmas tree analogy. I've been using this for the last couple of days. I'm quite pleased because I came up with this idea in the sauna after listening to the wonderful John St. Julian. And I was just saying how we, we, you know, we feel the need, David, don't we? Life, we're like a, a Christmas tree. We're perfect in, in the wilderness with our roots in the ground and in a stunning environment of which we are symbiotic. You know, we, we're breathing the air. We're sucking up water with our roots. Everything's rosy. And then, and then we get the idea that we should cut ourselves off at the roots and shove ourselves in a, in a plastic bucket. And then we need all this decoration and tinsel and baubles and it's somehow going to make us happy. And then slowly we start dying and, 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 and we, we fail to realize why. And then if we peel off all those baubles and trinkets, so the drugs, the alcohol, the caffeine, the stress, the fear, the screen time, the ego, the overwork, the inactivity, um, etc etc then we go back through the matrix back and back into paradise and um yeah yes back I'm into sovereignty as well because everyone really is the sovereign infinite being it's just that in the dualistic realm we're told that we're subject to the dualistic realm but actually when when you rediscover your true infinite nature you realize you're sovereign you're the sovereign infinite being and you can begin to rediscover that and you can begin to function from that 
on that note, David, I'm just going to say thank you so much um, just for me, let alone for our wonderful audience out there. This has just been, it's so affirming to hear another human being saying stuff that you've got, you know, that's been whizzing through through your mind and we've never met. You know, you'd think we'd gone to the same school or something or read all the same books, but we've never met. And it's 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 just evidential how if you want to become an enlightened individual, it, it that's all you've got to, you know, you take action and it and it and it will it will come. And the irony irony is when you get there, you realize you're not an individual. <laughs> yes. You're the totality of existence. <laughs> right, David, just bear with me. I'm, I'm, um, I just want to run through a couple of things. So friends at home, um, I'm currently a one-man band. I'm asking people if they'll support me. If you enjoy the podcast, I think you'd definitely like to read my, my memoirs, which start with Eating Smoke. That's my story of how I uh, descended into crystal meth addiction in, in Hong Kong while being a, a, a doorman for the the 14k which is one of hong kong's triad families so as you can imagine folks things got exciting a bit exciting um 40 nights is a story of what people would say quote unquote recovery but as we've just ascertained it's actually learning isn't it um and state of mind is the story of how i just thought one day i'm just going to run the length of the uk and i just did um so you can help me there if you can support us on Locals, you're going to get the all the chats that we don't put on YouTube, all the stuff that we can't talk about on the other platforms. Plus, you get um, almost daily private life coaching kind of updates from myself. A beautiful bunch of people on Locals, um, folks, as we've had in the chat tonight, I should say. Or you might just want to chuck us one ninety nine on Patreon or become a YouTube channel member uh, you get invites to all my um events then as as vips and um the last thing i want to mention some of you have been very kind and you've supported my um transatlantic row which i'm doing in december with three fellow um fellow commandos and we want to shine a light for people that are struggling with their mental health to say look if us thickos can all recover and go on to live in paradise, you can do it too. And we're going to be raising money for bereaved service children. Uh, quite often that's through suicide these days, unfortunately. Um, and also we're going to be raising money for a homeless charity that's um, just taken my mate off the street. So you can imagine that's quite important to me. Um, just quick thank you to everyone that's left money in the chat tonight thank you so much to people like vanessa and one last thing folks we have two spaces left on our arctic trip so myself and sas a former sas trooper nick wildman we're going to take a small group of people up to the arctic to show teach you how to ski put you through some survival skills and um have a great you know a great Male bonding time in the evening is is what I'm saying. Right, I've said enough, except just to say, David, um, thank you so much. We'll go over to Locals now. David's absolutely brilliant guest. And much, much love to all of you out there. 
If you could chuck us a like, if indeed you did like, and if you could subscribe to the channel or check that you're subscribed, that'd be wonderful. I've said enough. We're going to locals. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.